I think the combination of the cabin, the location, the cemetery, um, almost getting arrested, hey. wash show club. <laughs> Look, uh, you can't bring me anywhere, first off. No, and that's okay. I, I'm not was, very, I, I'm not very good at, at like sneaking. Following rules. Well, that too. I like to break the rules. Yeah. If there's a rule, I'll find a way around it. All right. <laughs> We're smart. I am operating at about a three today. I don't know about Okay, you. well, that'll make both of us. Um, I think it's really good that we're talking about what we're talking about today, just because I'm exhausted. Yeah, I think it's been a weird week. It's just been kind of a, it's been a strange week, and I feel drained today. I just figured it was my kids. But... After spending a week up there in wedding and all the craziness that happened up in Reno when I was on vacation... I'm glad to like finally get in my own space and be home, but I still yeah. feel like it's not enough. Like I really, really want to go, go up to the mountains. Sorry, that's me putting my yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. Like I just want to go put my feet in dirt, like and ground myself. That's that's literally how I feel. I feel like my head has been like everywhere, the this last couple weeks just because of the stress that I've been dealing with personally. Well, we're recording this a day after Fourth of July. Which, I don't know about you, but I hate that holiday. It's my least favorite. Really? I love it. I absolutely hate it. It's Well, I also have that PTSD thing working for me. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes so, sense. This is the first year. Well, the last year, too. So, the this year and last year are the first two years we haven't had a fire. That's how chaotic it is. It It's... Um, oh, that kind of fire. I yeah. Bonfire. No, no you no, mean no. fire. <laughs> no, I mean, like, oh, I'm talking enough. about firemen. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we've had Oh, a there's fire. no judgment here. We've had a fire every year, <laughs> except for this year. And the only reason why I think we didn't have a fire this year is because at 830, I was like, all right, let's go. It was my lousy $200 worth of fireworks, like the legal fireworks. Oh, um, I'll take from... that any day. I, no, I can't. I want no part yeah. of it. Plus, we had the earthquake, and I don't know about you, but it really screwed me up. Did it mess with you? Well, you know, I was gonna talk. You know, I was gonna mention that it it kind of had a different effect on me this time. I'm from Southern California. I'm used to them. Even my kids were like, "Hey, if the chandeliers aren't shaking, we're not like budging. Like we don't really care. Like it doesn't." And it was really strange because usually the dogs will react prior. Like they'll bark a lot, and it was different this time. The dogs were unfazed, and everybody downstairs in my house didn't feel a thing. Yeah. They didn't feel anything. Um, <laughs> the conspiracy <laughs> theories are there is in their heads. Out, there is a theory out there that that might not have been an earthquake. Just because of the location? Because of the location was directly under the weapons base. I don't know. I mean, it just it was weird because it didn't feel like earthquake weather. It didn't feel like all the kind of precursors to an earthquake where the dogs act funny and bark and, and do their usual thing. You know what I mean? Like, enough experience with earthquakes to know when it's like oh okay yeah that kind of makes sense once it happens mm -hmm. it just had a weird energy yesterday let's put it that's how I felt like it was just kind of a, a little off yesterday I felt really weird right before it happened like I uh -huh. I checked myself I was like okay I'm not fasting I ate were you upstairs or downstairs when you I was felt upstairs. it 
Um, we're filling it in Vegas. Like, can you imagine what's happened in Southern California? It's probably fallen off into the ocean. I mean, that was, you know, it was a fairly strong earthquake. Yeah. He even made a comment to his brother, like, yeah, Melissa was fucked up for a couple hours afterwards. Because <laughs> it felt like I was walking on a waterbed. Like, I was kind of woozy about it. And then I felt like uh, just my energy, because I had just depleted. Started, yeah, I had just started getting back to, like, a normal kind of baseline after mm-hmm. the whole Reno Wedding. thing. Yeah. And I was just starting to get my baseline back and preparing for, you know, this 4th of July craziness. I, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I had maybe said like 10 words for about four hours. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's one of those things that I've had so much craziness in my life recently, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to family. And I was around a lot of family yesterday that I think I've I've been practicing kind of putting a shield up around myself to kind of deflect some of the energy so it doesn't impact me as much because, you know, as an empath, everything has an impact if you're not, like, hyper aware of what's going on. Like, if you kind of let it loose, I feel like if you're not aware of it or you kind of just are lazy about it, kind of, guard was up yesterday because I was around family and... I think I was not in that space. I was in my own home, chilling and trying to get back to my normalcy. My guard was definitely down. In my own house, I'm kind of just like, flip it, whatever, you know. Right. No big deal. It's a safe place for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm such a homebody. I would rather be home than anywhere. Even before I went up there, I kind of prepared myself. It was wedding time. My sister's extra. My sister doesn't extra. She doesn't know basic. She she doesn't. She doesn't do basic. It's because we're Virgos. Yeah, she's a Virgo, and she we're is. We're Virgos. Vir, Virgos are my people. For some reason, I always see, seem to seek them out. Both my daughters are Virgos. My sister's a Virgo. You're a Virgo. And about, if you're not a Pisces or an Aries, you're a Virgo in my life. <laughs> That's funny, because I'm surrounded by, by Aries. Yeah. They're, my mom's an Aries. It's just um, those are the people that, for some reason, their energy just gravitates towards me and me to them. And I just, we find each other, like how we found each other. So yeah. it, I was home, so I was, you know, relaxed. And then that hit, and I was like thinking to myself, I wonder if there is anything to impasse or sensitive people in earthquakes. Because I've never experienced that before. When was the last time you said you experienced an earthquake? You were like 10, right? Yeah, I was a little kid. I was very young. I remember I got knocked off of the street. I got knocked down and a window shattered right in front of me. Yeah, I mean, mean, it kind of makes sense though, right? Because everything's connected. And I think there is because why wouldn't there be? If you can feel other types of... You know, we can feel other types of energy. Why, Why wouldn't... <sighs> There's always got to be some kind of weird electronic phenomena <laughs> going on. Sorry. I, I keep thinking about that EVP we got um, when we were talking about the basement at um, the Haunted Museum. Uh, Every yeah. time I hear it, it's so clear and long and it just... See, I don't know how you can ever become jaded to that no matter how many times you hear shit like that. Like, it still sends a shiver up my spine. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like... It, 
and we've heard a lot like we've heard a lot like just experienced things like you go oh shit i didn't hear that it was only me still that kind of stuff still scared me i see it didn't it just it felt like a warning didn't scare me it kind of freaked me out though i think that i think we get more stuff because we're sensitive to it or maybe we, we go into it more i don't know about you but when i go into stuff i go into it like super open yeah for sure which some people are like, that's dangerous. and But I'm like, well, that's how you get them to come out. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a line between taunting and saying, you know, like, come get me. Like, that's, there's a difference between that and just saying, hey, I'm open if you want to communicate kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not a negative way. It's a positive way of just saying, hey, if you got something to say, you know, ears are open. We were talking about being like an empath. Um, generally speaking, it's the ability to sense and feel the emotions and energy of other people and your surroundings. So I found that definition and then we were just talking about the earthquake. So surroundings that totally make sense to me right now. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was called. I think for the longest time, I mean, I can remember the time from being really little to having these things happen it's just kind of the way it's your normal, I guess, but not knowing that there was a name for it. I I was mentioning to you, my son who's 18 now is super sensitive. And I remember like, as he was little, he would take everything on. Like if I was sad, he would be sad. If I was happy, he would be happy. He would know things like that. There's no way of him knowing. And he was really, really sensitive to it when he was little, but I didn't know what it was called. I just said, Oh, well, he's like me. You know, like he's, he's just like me. He feels everything where I have another daughter who doesn't feel anything. You know, she's completely oblivious, like whole and other end of the spectrum. So I never knew what it was called. I remember when I heard heard the word empath, I'm like, what is that? Like, you know what empathy is, you know, Um, but being an empath and I remember reading about it and going, Oh, it makes sense now. Like all of it makes sense. All these years I've been going through this and I didn't know why I felt other people when I walked into a room and I would get high anxiety. Why is that? You know, you just become agitated or you whatever the environment going on affected by it. But I felt like my eyes were open when I finally understood what I was feeling. I don't know about you, but that's how I felt. I was like kind of liberating, like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> For the longest time, I really didn't share that with anybody. And I certainly didn't say anything about my near death experience to anybody. I right. kept that really close to the chest. Only maybe a handful of people knew. I was working on a project with a bunch of other women. And one of the women, she's very into um, psychic mediums and, and mm-hmm. that kind of crystals and all this kind of stuff. And she had noticed things about me that I always kind of kept under wraps. She knew when I went into an environment that I reacted a certain way and whatnot. Right. And she, I always played it as like my PTSD and anxiety from the shooting. I right. always put that on it. So she actually asked her psychic medium friend him about me, like can you, mm-hmm. this person in my life, can you kind of like give me any insight? Do you see anything about them? And he said, ask her about when she died. And she, obviously oh. she told me about this and she was like, I thought he lost his mind. So what's he talking about? 
And I told her right. what happened. I was like, that is crazy that he would know that. And uh-huh. she goes, he specifically said to tell you that once you die and you come back, it's like, imagine yourself on a dark street and you need help. And you're going to go to the house with the light on. You are like a porch light to these spirits. Anyway, so she she told me that. And Mm -hmm. after she told me that, that kind of opened the door for me to go, okay. For the longest time, I thought I was like overly sensitive. I was emotional, dramatic, maybe crazy, kind of, or like, you know, woo-woo. Did you ever have your family, like, reemphasize that, though? Like, did they, like, say to you, like, you're overly sensitive or, like, yeah. make, not make fun of you, but, like, kind of taunt you about it a little bit? Oh, yeah, all of them. Very, I was, I was a dramatic person, which I don't feel like I'm a dramatic, I feel like they're dramatic. You're not. You're not dramatic. I'm, like, so chill and laid back. Yeah. You already have enough going on that you don't, you're not a person that invites drama into your life, at least... No. what i've seen <laughs> i i avoid it like the plank i i yeah. i rather watch somebody else's drama from afar and and then kind of like take it in from outside of my own energy i don't i hate it i don't like fighting arguing right. i don't like any of that stuff i remember my family always saying to me that i was overly sensitive but they said it kind of in a like there was something wrong with me because I sensed everything. It used to really drive me crazy. Like, I would fight back. <laughs> yeah, it's like a negative yeah. connotation when you're sensitive it's very person. Much. And it's tone, right? It's like how it's delivered. Mm-hmm. You know, you're too sensitive. You're overly sensitive. And my entire life, and just thinking that there was something just off because I felt everything. Someone can say something to you, and it's um, like a trigger yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm feisty that way, though. I like, know. Don't you, you tell are. me what I am. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who say I'm sensitive. You I can't can say, say it. it. You can, exactly. <laughs> but I think the first time I ever realized what was going on is the two of us went to a marriage retreat. One of those retreats where you're about to kill each other, so you want to save your marriage. And uh, without going into too much detail, um, I met a really incredible couple. And they were, they were religious. So I never really thought about bringing in anything outside of the religion. And the wife came to me and she's like, you know what? You need your house cleansed. But she was like, you really need to get your house cleansed. And I'm going to do it for you guys for free. Like, I'm just going to do it for you. And she came over and she had a special terracotta pot that she used because of the land and the Spanish trail and like the impact of where I live. And she did the whole salt around the house. And the whole, like, blessing and cleansing of the house. And she went into certain rooms that there's no way she could have known that those rooms are where we fought the worst. Wow. Like, my closet's probably, I don't know, 30 feet on one end. And it's ridiculously, it's, like, stupid big. Like, I don't have this many clothes. But it's, like, 20 feet on one end and 30 feet on this end. Mm -hmm. It's huge. He would, after working a lot, he would come in here and sleep because we had a bed in here. So he could, like, sleep where it was quiet. Yeah, because he works swing. graveyard. Yeah, great. Well, I think he was working graveyard and swing at that time. And we used to fight in here a lot. And she came in here and she was like, the energy's off the hook in here. Like, it's crazy in here. And I'm like, 
how did she know, you know? she kind of explained a little bit to me and that like each one of those steps kind of led me to a different person to actually understanding being an empath, like why you're sensitive to different energies in house. Because once she cleared it, a lot of the fighting stopped. Cause like energy is a form, right? It never, it never mm-hmm. dissipates or disappears. It just changes. Right. And I think people, she obviously was sensitive. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's a good thing to bring us to like the signs that you're an empath obviously we've kind of touched on those just from mm-hmm. our own but like when you feel things about people places etc and always end up being right I don't know about yeah. you but I'm often right when it comes to those things yep just recently well an acquaintance a friend of a friend she was acquaintance to me and I knew right away it was suicide I just knew but that happens to me a lot where you just, you, for whatever reason, you know, um, when you feel random bouts of unexplainable mental and physical fatigue, especially after being in a public or crowded place, Mm -hmm. um, I spent, I spent this last few days just trying to recoup my energy just from all the, all the, all the people and just, I've been drained. I hate it. Yeah. It, like, well, it's crowded we, places, right? Yeah. Crowded places and a lot of different energy going on at the same time. Like when we left Virginia City, when we were up there together, and I told you before yeah. we had went up there, I said, I, t- I take three days after Virginia City just to kind of get my energy back. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't go up there when I was up there this time, because I was like, there's a lot going on already. I don't want to add that to the mix, because I already feel like... Yeah, I mean, that was, you had been there a few times, that was the first time I'd been there, and, you know, when I do things, I go full out, right, so we rented a cabin on the graveyard. Yeah, I love that. Virginia City. Even though I got scratched in that cabin, and I have a theory to why, because you guys, you guys straight said, don't follow us, you know, you can't, and you'd be like, did this protection, I wasn't part of that. Yeah. You guys did it without me, and sure shit, I was the one attacked in the cabin. Well, and at that time, I really didn't understand Reiki, and... Reiki was pretty new to me at that point, and Amy had protected the car and protected the cabin. Like, she was doing the Reiki symbols. I thought she was nuts. I didn't understand it at the time, and I'm like, okay, all right. If it works, Amy, I'm down. Just want to make sure I don't get scratched or strangled or anything. (laughs) And then I show up. I think the combination of the cabin, the location, the cemetery, um, almost getting arrested, wash show club. (laughs) Look. Uh, you can't bring me anywhere, first off. And no, that's okay. I, I'm not was, very. I, I'm not very good at at like sneaking. Following rules. Well, that too. I like to break the yeah. rules. If there's a rule, I'll find a way around it. But well, that's you and I both. But <laughs> and the funny thing is, I didn't even step set foot into that cemetery just because the cops showed up. We we were gonna go to the. Silver Terrace Cemetery in the middle of the night with our equipment and they don't lock it. It's not locked. There are already people in there that were leaving. Tons were... of people in there. Yeah, we seen them all night and we were waiting for people to leave. Well, we thought they were people. True. There's a lot of lights in that cemetery. <laughs> a lot of lights. Really freaky. I was so hyped up to go in there too. And uh, so the cops showed up as soon as they saw my car down there, which is a dead giveaway I'm but I think the combination right of all of that energy I mean in Virginia City if you've ever been there and you walk down the main street it literally feels like you're spinning 
Mm-hmm. And what I didn't understand kind of going there is that there's a huge amount of water that runs underneath the city. And so water's a conductor and it kind of messes with your equilibrium. You just kind of feel dizzy when you're there. Or at least that's how that was my experience. You know, I think those, those situations where you walk in and you feel so much, it's like, you know, that I came to the realization that I needed something to help me ground myself and be able to put up a bubble to blocking that. Because once I understood what it, being an empath was, and I don't consider myself as sensitive as you are. I think you're even more like sensitive to things than I am. And I think it's part of it's just blocking it out. But how do you protect yourself from that? How do you walk into a crowded place? How do you, when people come to you like, and they tell you their problems, because oh that's God. another thing oh, like, that happens God. with empaths. They, they're always coming to you and saying, oh, my God, this is my drama. Strangers. How do you? Strangers, right? How do you take all of that energy and put a barrier up, a wall around you to be able to be kind and and a good person, but at the same time not get impacted by all that craziness? Because it does take a toll on you. I I think that's what really brought me to Reiki. But I I have to say that it's been um, after kind of going through the training, and I'm no by no means an expert. but going through the training has really helped me put the wall up and be able to go, okay, I'm being conscious that I'm walking into a potential chaotic situation with a lot of different personalities. And how do I keep myself from feeling all of that? Because I have a big family and there's a lot of different colorful personalities. So anytime there's a family gathering, it's, you kind of have to go in with some armor, on, you know, to be able to deal with that. Reiki basically means Rei is spiritual wisdom, Ki is life energy, and it's uh, Japanese, and it's basically spiritually guided life energy. There's no um, religion attached to it. There's people of all different faiths that um, have become healers of Reiki. Um, to become, you know, um, a healer of Reiki, you kind of you go through this attunement, and there's different levels of the process. It makes sense when you're an empath because it responds to um, your positive thoughts and feelings. And I know like a lot of people hearing that might go, ah, uh, <laughs> sure, you know, like I don't really believe it. And I was really skeptical at first until I had received a healing. And one of the things that I felt the very first time I had gone through a healing, it's like a white, you know when you blow bubbles for your kids mm-hmm. and it's like all those iridescent colors around the bubble mm-hmm. in the sunlight? It's like a big bubble around you, and it's spinning like a sphere of just energy. That's what it felt like. It was just the sphere running of energy, and the healer was just channeling that from a higher source. And they channel that energy to you, and it knows where to go. So it's, it's really the, the Reiki healer is a, is a conductor, basically, of that energy kind of going through that process and and learning about that process is it kind of teaches you how to put that veil around you so that when you go into those situations especially as an empath you can block a lot of that negativity around you and I and I have to say it's been a lifesaver for me being able to kind of just say you know what that's not my baggage that's not my deal that doesn't belong to me and I don't have to own it is really powerful when you feel everything. Yeah, and that I think that's a good point is you feel everything. 
Yeah. I went to a Reiki class. Uh, now, I don't do good in situations where I don't know people that are there. So going into a class of like, how many, 30 people were there? And I was pregnant too. Yeah, it's, it can be, it was at that time, it could be 20, it could be 45 people, depending on who sh- showed up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big class. And um, I don't know anybody. And there was clearly people that had, that I felt had um, other issues, like yep. substance abuse, yep. which I'm not one to judge at all. Like, you're obviously there to gain some help and guidance. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. I just, I feel your, I feel you. Right. I see you. I feel you. All of that. It just made me, my anxiety level, like, shot way yeah. up. So I don't think I got everything I could have out of it. I mean, I did get a lot out of it. It did help. It helped a lot. But some of the things I couldn't connect with at the same time because of my anxiety, because my environment. But I see the value in it. Las Vegas is the number two or second highest amount of Reiki healers in the States. Wow. The gentleman we're talking about is a part of a, he has a, a business called Spirit Us Reiki here in Las Vegas. And he is truly one of the exceptional healers. I, I just, it's it's hard to explain, but he's really, the work that he does is mind-blowing because he's really in it to help people. He has, that's his primary motivation is that however people come to him, really it's just word of mouth for people to come in for like sessions of, of Reiki, like they do free Reiki sessions twice a week, right? Raise the vibration of the world. That's really his, his focus. And I was really skeptical, um, a lifelong Catholic, <laughs> really acceptable. And I always tell him, you not only raise the vibration, you saved my marriage and you've taught me how to deal with being an empath and being able to to live without feeling the anxiety as much because I haven't had a panic attack in a really really long time and I don't like taking medication I don't like taking pills or anything like that same and, uh, here I had natural childbirth just yeah I, don't I wouldn't like... go that far but uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm all for the drugs during childbirth but um <laughs> you know like any type of medication that you take on an ongoing you know situation it just it impacts me I can feel it and it just feels cruddy and I don't like taking stuff and like I'm not one of these like let me pop a Xanax because I'm having a panic attack I'll I'll work through it and trying to find more of like a natural way to deal with it and I have to say since like going through the Reiki process and becoming Holy Fire Reiki 2 which is like a second level Reiki um and I don't necessarily like performing it on other people it's it's more for my own benefit I feel like it's really to me deal with those panic attacks. When we were in Pioche and the guy walked in with a knife. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, I totally understand it. Like, it's funny, but now, but I'm like, I totally understand it. But even situations like that where people, like, I have a much more calmer demeanor in dealing with that instead of like flipping out. Instead of my panic. Well, no, it no, wasn't no, but... just the knife. It was It him. wasn't the knife. It was the energy. He was, he had a weird energy on He was transient. Yep. He was in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Um, yes, he did have a very large knife, which was probably for protection, but I didn't, I felt that he was 
uh, more of an aggressor than it than it would be like a defense defense of himself. He would be more of an aggressor, and immediately like you saw me change into a completely different person. Yeah. And I'm okay with those kind of panic attacks. To be honest, I don't enjoy them by any means. But it's like it's kind of its own category, though, because it's a kind of healthy awareness, though, too. Because, you know, it's even when they train what like they train Navy SEALs, right? And if you see them, they never have their back to the door, for example. I never do. Like I it's a situational awareness that they're trained for. Yeah, I have to have when I walk into a room, I need to know my exits. If I only have one way out, I, I am is on such high alert that I can't focus on anything else. But that's PTSD. That's a hundred percent from my situation. That's all that is. I know that. And that's that. I don't like those panic attacks, but also it's intuition too, which I, I love that. I have such a connection with my intuition. I wouldn't change that for the world. No, for, yeah, that's true. No, that, that really is true. Um, I think one of the other things, too, you know, one of the, the pitfalls of being kind of an empath, they say, is that you tend to tell it like it is. Like, there's not, like, a lot of filter. Because I tend to be really blunt. I think the industry that I've taught me how to, to scale it back a little bit, like, because you still want to be compassionate, right? Like, you, you want to be compassionate. You don't want to be rude. It doesn't, it's not, that's not the intent behind it, even though sometimes people can take it that way. But I think that also is part of taking back your energy as an empath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often feel as if your emotions don't match your experience. I remember I started crying in grocery store like six years ago. <laughs> like what? Why? I'm not a crier. It wasn't my yeah. feelings. I was in a good place. Um, you value your own space and alone time. I don't know about you, but my alone time is everything. I love to be alone. I, it's a running joke in my family that I would be perfectly content on my own desert island. Well, you know what I realized, too, is that I think I took it for granted, but traveling a lot for work, you know, you get that built-in break, even though you're going through the the craziness of traveling, being able to, even like for one or two days was always good. It was like enough to be away, mm-hmm. to recharge. Uh, most empaths identify as a clairsentient, and that's clear feeling, so strong gut feelings. Yeah. Um, you can chat with someone and know their intentions without hearing them. You understand how people feel as if is an extension of yourself. Your intuition never shuts down. Crowds have a negative impact on you. That's something we talked about. And that's, yeah. I know it's, it sounds, it does sound strange to other people who can't relate to that. And they, they brush it off as being overly sensitive. I think that's mm-hmm. a good way to, to like discount it and just kind of like, explain it away an aggressive person passing you can feel like an energetic slap in the face have you felt that before i think that that's like it's like you learn to wrangle it right like it doesn't feel like you're getting hit with a mac truck it's like you're taking that in and learning how to wrangle it you i, I can notice it right i could walk into a boardroom and you notice the aggressive personalities right away and be able to manage it. I've learned how to deal with it in a way that doesn't um, impact me negatively. Well, it's funny because it says, like, you know, impasse or everything I've read, impasse or problem solvers. 
See, they yeah. were always seeking answers. Unresolved or unexplained questions are frustrating to an empath, which is very true. I want an explanation for something mm-hmm. that happens. I, I think that's part of the reason why I love doing like the spirit communications because I want more of an explanation for something that I kind of experienced but have no clue what's going on. I don't know. I, I mean, if you kind of go back to your first, like, I don't know what your first experience was when you realized that there was more. I had some crazy experiences as a kid. And then as I had family members pass away and they would very vivid dreams of them coming to me like days after they died oh, wow. with very specific instructions of what to do. That's crazy. I, I never had anything like it was very, you know, when you go through it at like 11 or 12, and you're just like, what the hell was that? Um, <laughs> I guess it was just a crazy dream, right? I don't know I think one of the like as an adult though my first experience like really realizing that there was more and not having a lot of the the filters that go on to you as you get older saying oh there's no ghosts or there's no spirits or you know whatever but I remember going with a mutual friend of ours to a park here in Las Vegas and she had all her gear and I said I'm, I'm just here to witness whatever you guys are doing right and she had the flashlight set up and yeah she that's how she showed me she had the camera on and they were recording the whole thing they had the flashlights on the brick wall and supposedly this park in Henderson's haunted or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go check it out or whatever. And I was just sitting there and they were asking the spirit questions and the left light would turn on and the right one would go on and it would go off on cue and the left and the right. I just remember sitting there in total amazement, like, holy crap, we're not alone. Nothing is going to manipulate left and right on cue like that. The flashlight started spinning. Like the flashlight itself moved Whoa. and it was on a flat surface and it was a mag light. So it wasn't like a light flashlight. It was a heavy flashlight. And they had it all on camera and everything. And I just remember going, oh my God, like, I want to know more. Exactly what you're saying. It's like, I want to know more. Like, how is this possible? Something that you can't see. And, you know, I guess I've always had faith, like in God, like I have that, but this was something just physical, right? Physical in front of you. So it's like people can say, oh, well, you know, you've manipulated this or there was a breeze or like you can come up with a thousand different excuses when you have these different experiences. Mm -hmm. But when they happen repeatedly, (laughs) you've seen things going out to Rhyolite over by Death Valley. Like that's a crazy old ghost town. It's pretty much deserted. Having experiences there with laser grids and seeing things move. Nothing out there. Middle of nowhere. It's Death Valley. It's pitch black. The brothel. <laughs> yeah, it really gave me, it shook me for a loop. And then I remember standing at the train depot. When I was walking up, I felt like so happy. I felt like someone was having a, like a wedding or a party. Do you remember that? Was it a, there was like an actual train railway like stop there. And it was supposed to be like. Um, I mean, it was a, a lot of hustle and bustle because it was a, a train depot. Right? It was like a so boom you had a lot town. of people coming. But at the same time, later on, like, I think even, like, back to the 80s, before it completely shut down, they had wedding receptions there. Really? So, yeah, like, they held different, like, you could rent it out for events. So, it makes sense. Did you tell me that when we were there? Like, after? I don't know. I don't know. It's been so long. I don't know. I know. It's- yeah, it felt really good there. Like, it had good energy in some spots. But the, the brothel, I was like, oh, I don't feel so good here. And they have great, is it a real grave out there? Is the madam or one of the prostitutes uh, or is it like I don't know if she's actually buried there because I've, it's, it, I've heard both like she is and then I've heard she is and it's just kind of a marker for her because people different trinkets and 
things for her. Like there was lipstick. People left lipstick and necklaces and things like that for her. I don't know if she's actually buried there. The Last Supper. Um, there's just a lot of art, folk art there. And then when we got there, that man, he's playing the flute. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a cool place to check out. Like, I ever put two and two together after we had gone out there, and I'd been out there, like, I don't know, several times. I had gone out there with some other people. They had done, like, a, an investigation, like a formal investigation. Mm-hmm. And we went into the school building at night, and they had put the laser grid up. And Yeah, I don't like and that school building. That the only time I ever recall a spirit affecting me in a negative way. They were doing the, dow- they were doing the dowsing rods. And they were going crazy, and then they had the grid up, and you could see people moving in the grid. All of a sudden, I got real sick, real sick. Like, I ran under the fence, through the dirt, and started gagging. Only time that's ever really happened to me was something negative. Um, We found out later, we didn't know, but I guess the head of the school, she was like a real tyrant. So I I think we pissed her off that we were there. Yeah, we didn't do any investigating when we were there. We were just trying to just checking it out like we didn't yeah. have any equipment or anything yeah like it never put two and two together that um and i think it might have been an older montage like i don't know what season but there's actually pictures of rhyolite all over their entry to ghost adventures oh that's cool i never noticed that. i've only seen like maybe 10 episodes i i think the the first time i had experience was i was super young we lived in oregon on a farm maybe five maybe I was in the middle of the field, and we had, like, horses. We had livestock. We had a whole farm going. I had a pony at time. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually got bucked off my mom's horse up there because of a snake. And I remember seeing a lady, like, standing by our house. And we had that typical old farmhouse, two-story. Mm-hmm. And around back, there was a staircase, a wooden staircase that went all the way to the top. And I remember seeing this lady that I didn't know, not saying anything, but just like waving me over. To her. And she had walked around the house, got there. I could only see the bottom half of her skirt. And I remember that vividly. Ooh, I just got chills. That's not a person. At the time, we had puppies. And these puppies were going up the stairs to the top. So I start go- climbing up the stairs. I grab the first puppy, walk it down grab the second puppy and so I'm up and down up and down and I'm a little kid so this is tiring I was like all right they keep coming up because they see me up here so as many as I bring down they keep coming up so I'm like I'm gonna stand up here not the very top I was probably a I was probably a story up and when the puppies would get up to me and I would drop them down I know it sounds terrible but this is my this is how young I was my rationale and only one got hurt one broke its leg and oh my god I know (laughs) But this is, like, my thinking. I, you could tell how young I was. Yeah. Like, this is my problem solving as a child. I started dropping them down. And then I remember seeing the lady at the bottom where I was dropping the puppies. And she had her hands on her hip. And she was shaking her head at me. <gasps> oh, like, telling you to stop it. Yeah. Like, I was in trouble. So I ran down the stairs. They were like, <laughs> what were you thinking? And I was like, they were they were going to get hurt. But that was my first, like, real experience with something that was not human was not normal and she just I remember her like her hands on her hips just like looking up at me no what are you you know when a kid and yeah this is not normal but I remember that vividly I I saw one at the downtown grand downtown Las Vegas is no joke that place is hopping yeah the the back to I don't like the d the d gives me the like the heebie-jeebies I do not like going in there 
um, they a few years ago they found somebody stuffed into like a laundry chute or something. It it just gives me yeah. I do not like it. The Riviera, I did not like going into the Riviera. There was a man, a heavy set man in overalls. He did not like me. I remember seeing and I remember something walking through him while I seen him. Um, and you went down for the investigation, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I did. I was on Ghost Adventures. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, you were trying to do. That's you were right. trying to investigate it. They were picking people to investigate. They t tweeted out, "Hey, we're going to be here." Blah 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 blah. I went down there, and we ended up being on that episode, like the crowd shots. We didn't get selected. Yeah. But it was so funny because Amy brought all her gear. She was ready. She picked me. Let's go. It that, was cute. That building has a lot of. I don't know how to explain it. It's it was it had a lot of energy in it. And that man with overalls, he, I just got a really bad feeling. He looked like a worker, like a maintenance almost, but he had overalls on, white overalls, painter maybe, painter yeah. overalls. And I had a friend that worked there, she's a cocktail waitress. And you know the part that was open to the strip that you could walk in and out of, yep. there was no doors? Yeah. That's where I would see him. But that was before I kind of like got into it and knew anything about it. And then um, I saw a lady at the Grand in the hallway in the executive level where I work. So I'd spend an hour by myself on that floor. I remember turning the corner to go to the restroom and no one was there. No one. We had a lock on the door. Full woman, but see-through. I froze. Completely froze. Scared the shit think, out of me. And I think one of the things that, you know, people come to Vegas a lot of times, right? And you're there for vacation and have a good time and what have you. But there's a lot of things that happen down the strip that don't court it downtown i particularly i don't like the mob museum it freaks me out yeah the mob museum's got a weird funky vibe in there i've been there once um that and you know where else too at the venetian Madame Tussauds. have you been there the wax museum no i haven't visited <laughs> you talk about weird energy that place i think it's where where they built it if i'm not mistaken i could be mistaken but i think where they built it was like where the stage was where like sammy davis jr and g garland and, like all of them staying and performed and stuff is in the same like geographic location where Madame Tussauds sits now at the Venetian. We went there when I first moved to Vegas. So that was what, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. I haven't been back. That place has got a real like funky energy too. But you got to, you're also in a space with all these like wax figures and well, I mean, you know, and like, it's got a creep factor on its own. Yeah. Nick that owns um, Washoe Club. Yeah. thinks it's hilarious to put the mannequins in corners freaky ass building remember when we went up there i when he took us up there by him by ourselves i almost pissed my pants i was so scared <laughs> well because you turn a corner and there's like a dude with a freaking cowboy hat and a gun like just looking at you it takes you by surprise like you don't expect it like you expect an empty building i could have killed him and he he laughed the whole time he laughed at us the whole time thought it was the funniest thing ever he does that on purpose like you know he knows what he's doing but pioche has those stupid dummies i don't know what it is about out of towns that have these dummies in there like the courthouse so when we went into the courthouse the last time it was the day before it opened and all the dummies were covered in sheets and it just puts you on edge so bad well, it, like it's creepy you know stuff i mean like you're getting hits on things that are happening and then all of a sudden you got these mannequins and a traditional like theatrical they look like ghosts 
and it's the seats are all full but still empty i hated it and that that time we visited really freaked me out because i saw that black shadow at the back where the stairs go up to the courtroom and that's when we had all those crazy millimeter spikes when we were calling out the names in the book of people that were um jailed there remember i couldn't leave the doorway yeah I think if you were really interested, somebody was listening and really interested in having like an old ghost town experience, like to the core of it really being haunted, go stay at the Overland Hotel, go to Pioche, go walk around and meet the townspeople because they're really nice, but there is like this aura to it all. Like there's just this feeling when you're walking down those streets in Pioche. I mean, they say that the streets were what they used to bleed red, more than Deadwood, more than Tombstone, Arizona because of all the the killing it it has its own like its own feeling and if you ever really wanted to experience that in nevada like that whole old west kind of vibe definitely give the place a visit i think we'll talk about that place and go over evidence our next one yeah and look i have my my 777 mug today (laughs) so i think that's a good like i think we can leave off there and yeah we'll talk about Pioche and play some of the evidence that we have and there's some already on the Instagram page which is Eternal Return Pod. Check out Ghost Train Podcast. On that we were guests of Jews and we talk about the possessed watch <laughs> and all and its damage that it inflicted yeah. on her life. All the trouble it yeah. caused, where it is now, Christina's portal in her house. So <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> we're just starting to get like back to normal but yeah i think we'll go over pioche next for sure 